0: Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Foodbevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, Jordan here with the Startup to Scale podcast and excited for my guest today, Zach Harper, who is the co-founder of Funky Mellow. Zach, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So I know you've been very public on LinkedIn about your journey, which I appreciate. We'll get into that a little bit. I really just want to share and get to know more about your story, how you got here around the product. We're going to talk about building a business with your now wife, who you started the business with, Delissa, when you were just dating. And so there's always some interesting complexities and realities around that. And then just your successes and challenges on the journey from here on out. So let's get into it. i love just before we get started for you to give like a 20 second overview of what the product Funky Mellow is.
1: Yeah. So Funky Mellow is the world's first plant-based refrigerated marshmallow cream that is existing on the market right now. A lot of people use it with their coffee, fruit dip, pancake waffle topping, or just eat it as a snack because it's all vegan, made from or chickpea
0: liquid, and it's really delicious. Nice, I appreciate that. And I'll be honest, I, I was not a fan of marshmallow. I just didn't even say that. I've never really had marshmallow cream in in <laughs> my life until I met my wife, who used to eat like the fluffer, another whatever that was, yeah. um, with yeah. uh, like a spoonful of that and a spoonful of peanut butter together, and it's just like addictive. The artificial stuff is like nothing real in it. <laughs> it's made in like a factory <laughs> on its own. Um, so I appreciate you taking a more natural approach to this. Let's kind of get started at the beginning. So why did you decide to start this company?
1: Yeah, so it's really interesting. We started this company six months into dating, Delisa and I did. And looking back on it, that's crazy because who does that? But we always do that. We wanted to start something together. We both were becoming vegan at the time. And we realized that there was really just a lack of clean, particularly marshmallow things out there, too, because we love sweets. So we started making Rice Krispie treats, gourmet Rice Krispie treats, and that was a lot of fun. We made strawberry champagne or like cookies and cream and did the farmer's market thing for a little bit. Realistically, had a lot of fun doing that, but we couldn't scale it because we didn't have the proper equipment. So then we went on to traditional marshmallows and that was a pretty rough experience. I'm not gonna lie, because we didn't have the right equipment for it. So a lot of our marshmallows just weren't a very good product that we couldn't carry on. And then marshmallow cream was like the last hurrah for us. And we always had this vision where It would be cool to make our own rendition of fluff. And so we made this cream. And since then, it's been sky's the limit for us, too, with different partners picking us up and everyone kind of getting on board with it, too. So that's, in a nutshell, why we got started, how we got started.
0: Nice. I love that journey and just experiencing those pivots early on because you really begin to test out that product market fit, right? And then also what you're capable of creating, what the market is kind of looking for. So tell me about what you've found about the marshmallow cream. What's the response been like from your customers?
1: The response has been really great, actually. A lot of our folks, the number one way, let me just say, that people use it is putting in their coffee. And that's not something that we necessarily created. That's something that our customers just started doing. And we realize it's a nice coffee or creamer and sugar replacement. So that's been great. The fruit dip thing is something that we like to see too. A lot of people eat it with their strawberries or pineapples and things like that. It sounds weird, but pineapples and cream goes really well, I promise. <laughs> and then the pancake waffle topping. So the response has been really surprising to us, but it's been so positive that it keeps us going every single
0: day. Nice. I think that's really cool because you're able to lead with what your customers are, are asking for. And it's a tough battle because I also know that you probably have a question of, should we just make it like a coffee creamer? <laughs> and like, yeah. how do we like go into that? Or do we, eat yeah, general?
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We always are questioning if we're doing the right type of marketing thing, but we realize we're just listening to our customers and letting them kind of experiment and go with it and simply tailoring our messages based on what they're on how they're using it. So it's been a really beautiful thing to see, honestly.
0: So you and your wife don't have a background in food industry and one thing that I think is, it's really cool, I see you and a bunch of other founders doing now is seeking out community through platforms like LinkedIn, and almost building your business in public. And so I'd love to learn about your journey of why and how you started posting on LinkedIn and what you think of the community.
1: I'm actually a very shy person by my true nature. I do not like to necessarily post on social media too much, but my beautiful mother-in-law encouraged me to post on LinkedIn because she told me that there's a great community on there specifically for CBG, and I could just learn a lot from it too. So with her encouragement and her words, I just started posting on there. And honestly, it's been the best return from all the folks I've met to you, even on there too. It's just been an amazing return, amazing community. So I had to step out of my comfort zone to say the least and start posting consistently on there and building this network now that I don't know what I would do without to this day. uh,
0: I'm actually hosting a webinar shortly on this as well, but I like LinkedIn because it feels one of the most social of the social media platforms these days where you can actually have like conversations with people that don't turn into arguing matches or aren't about just like, family and kids, right? It's like a good balance where you can have intellectual conversations for the most part and kind of start building those relationships. I've seen things like that, you able to celebrate successes. You recently had a meeting with Whole Foods, right? We did. Yes. We actually
1: were very fortunate to meet with the leadership team in our region at Whole Foods. Went extremely well. So we're excited to see what the future holds with that. And and we met a lot of great people from LinkedIn too. We've met different buyers from different groups too. So it's been an amazing network and an amazing social platform for
0: us so you're taking this call from your shared commercial kitchen space where you're making all the product what is it like making the product yourself by hand and is it just the two of you making it and switching off And what is that yeah it's it's a struggle
1: (laughs) it's fine we we love making our product in-house too we're probably for the foreseeable future always going to try to make it in-house ourselves too because we like being very close to our product as far as us too we actually have another person that we have on board with us been with us for about Four or five months now, and he is our number one person. And he actually is in charge of making all of our product as of late, too. And the thing about it, like I said, is we're always going to keep this stuff in house, too, because we really do pride ourselves on the consistency, on the flavor profile, and things like that. And we realize having it all in house, we can just have our hands on it 24 7. It's a struggle, but we're getting used to it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely know that with my brand, T Squares, that I ran for six years, we, for the majority of that time, made our product in house, and it was the product was better for it was also a lot of mental and time space of managing we had i think up to six employees who we had like making a product and trips throughout the day and having to invest in equipment as we started to grow and and specialization so i definitely know firsthand the challenges (laughs) that come from that and the joy even there being able to step away and having a team that trust to make the product so that I didn't have to have my hands in like every single batch was just relieving. But yeah. also it also feels like, oh, like I'm letting go of this piece that I want to make sure you keep perfect. So I know there's yeah. a big it, challenge there. Exactly. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're growing, and I know you want to kind of self-manufacture you. You're looking for kind of financing as well to figure out how do you scale on the next part of the journey, right?
1: We are, yeah. We just started opening up our seed round. Very new for us because like you said, we don't come from this world, as industry. Taking all the learning lessons that we can right now and just seeing who we can speak with and who we can get in front of and then telling our story.
0: What have you learned from that process so
1: far? Patience. Patience and it takes time. It's one of those things that it's going to take you a while to find the right person. Somebody told us a while ago, it's a little bit like dating. When when you find the right partner in the right group, you'll know it's right, essentially, and so it's a similar approach to dating, where you just have to take your time and, and, like I said, be patient with it, and it'll all work itself out. So I think that's what we're taking into consideration right now through all of it.
0: Yeah, it definitely is tough. I've raised money myself, and I've worked with others, and speak a lot about it because there's a lot of kind of lessons learned along the way of what to do and what not to do. And let me know if you have any other any questions on it. I'm happy to help me navigate <laughs> this process too.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, I definitely, I'm going to have questions for
0: you for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, are you also looking at things like equity crowdfunding and other kind of alternative funding? Yeah, yeah, we're actually open and considering that too. Like I said, I think we're just
1: still in the early phases right now, trying to get all of our ducks on a road before we know which direction we're going to go in, but we are open to equity crowdfunding too.
0: Yeah. One of the recommendations I always give is to choose the path that best aligns with the What your skill sets are and what gives you energy. Because if you enjoy one on one meetings and sales and building those one on one relationships, then going after angel investors or investment groups, VCs might be a little bit more natural. Like it's still going to be challenging either way, but it may be a little bit more natural versus if you thrive in kind of marketing and creating content and kind of building audience at more of a mass scale than some of the equity crowdfunding routes or even rewards-based crowdfunding like Hicks herders are a good way to go just because that fits better within your skill set because either way you go, it's gonna be draining. And so you might as well do the one that at least gives you energy back.
1: Man, I wish Delisa was with me right now, because I think you're speaking our two different languages right now. So <laughs> background, and she would probably go with the crowdfunding piece. For me, the sales background, I like building relationships too. So I'd probably go with more of the angel VC route, but that's great. You're speaking our language on two different
0: levels. And the good thing too, is that you don't have to choose because one brand I know really little bucks, mean, Griffith runs that. And she launched an equity crowdfunding campaign and raised... Apologies if I messed up the number, but raised, I think like $171,000 from it. So like a good, a good amount of money, but from running that successful campaign, she actually met investors who put in another hundreds of thousands and almost brought the total up closer to a million. So she was able to combine each of those two methods to amplify that and really show that she had demand from the market and can build kind of community and then that attracted a lot of investors because they want to know that as a founder you have some skin in the game too
1: yeah very wise that's awesome thank you for sharing that that's
0: it's pretty brilliant (laughs) so i'm kind of curious what's been your biggest learning from this journey we had our biggest launch two months ago with sprouts dealing with kehi and
1: launching in their network and that was a learning lesson for us too just taking on kehi as a new partner With a small team, I realized that (laughs) we are going to be pretty busy, needless to say, with just managing that whole thing, too. But I would say that's our biggest learning curve, too, is just really how to manage that relationship really well and how to execute really well, too, even with the small resources that we have. It's always interesting, too, because I feel like we have learned our lesson from it, but then we get a new lesson and we get a little bit sharper from it, too. So maybe that's a continual (laughs) vibe of this whole thing, too, is just getting a little bit smarter and a little bit sharper as you continue to grow.
0: Yeah, it almost seems like every new partner, every new type of relationship brings a whole bag of challenges. And so <laughs> once you feel like you have a grasp on one, you're like, okay, I think we feel pretty good. Let's expand to this new thing as like, well. There's so many <laughs> unique things to learn. Yeah, that's exactly
1: how it feels. You got that right, Jordan. It's, it's exactly like that. I can't even say it any better than you just said.
0: I always um I always talk to brands and I'll speak publicly about this. I know going into distribution with with distributors and retailers, you have to be really careful to know where things can go right and where things can go wrong. I found out the hard way because we had a retail partner that we were selling with through Kahey and the their local retailer, their largest in the city, and they wanted our product in. Great. So we they got us in through Kahey, we got set up, but our buyer ended up leaving the organization and we never got a replacement buyer that was like introduced to us. And yeah. because of that, they ended up or overbuying product from us. And we were like, oh, like they have 170 stores. Like it's great they're moving around. Turns out like they bought a bunch of product. It did not sell. And we could not get in touch with their team to help do marketing programs or demos to be able to sell it. And turns out at the end, eight months later, the product had expired and they returned the product back through Kahee and we got charged back from it. And it happened over a series of a couple of months. And when I finally calculated all the the money that we had to pay back, it was like 30% of everything that we sold them, we had to pay them back. And so I always say, go in with your eyes open, knowing that one has their job to do and make sure you like understand the relationships, understand kind of where the money can come in or come out and make sure that you are aware of the potential pitfalls along the way so that you can avoid them or mitigate them as best you can
1: hundred percent. Yeah. You didn't say any better too. I think I will speak very openly and candidly for Delisa and I, we've been very fortunate to go through a few accelerator programs. And so that has awarded us the opportunity to have a few advisors that have been through that before. So they've kind of, they've prepped us, I think, in a really great way to be prepared for how to manage and deal with Kehi. And to be honest with you, I think so far, this relationship has been as good as it could be because of them too. So I think we always recognize that we're very fortunate to have them in our corner too, because they really set us up for success. And otherwise, we wouldn't have known half the things that you just talked about right there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's all key about, like you said, like building relationships and finding the advocates within the organization to be able to to support you because as small brands, it's easy to, to kind of not know how to advocate for yourself. And so being able to build those accountability partners within are great. What's, next for for funky mellow kind of i know you're doing the fundraising like where are you looking to are you in a kind of growth mode where you're expanding in stores or are you trying <laughs> to really double down on existing stores all of the above
1: yeah man exciting stuff so we are we're very close to ironing out a deal with a restaurant they're actually a canadian-based restaurant i can't don't think say their name quite yet because it's not completely done but you'll see us on their menu for a while with them too and that's really exciting personal food service standpoint and as far as grocery stores go too we've got a few hands in the fire from a couple of big retailers and we're trying to expand hopefully with Whole Foods very soon too in the region. So we've got a lot what we're looking forward to in 2023 because we want to keep on getting this marshmallow cream out to people because it's it's a movement and we're happy to see it moving forward.
0: Yeah I love that. You said that Sprouts was your biggest
1: customer? Sprouts is our biggest launch. Yeah it's our biggest customer right now. We're there for the holidays. So we launched with them in September of this year and we're going to be
0: in there from September until December. Nice. Um, within, I know it's only been a couple of months, but what that experience been like with Sprouts? Sprouts has been excellent. They've been excellent. We
1: were supposed to launch in, I think, like 200-ish stores. They got bumped up a little bit to see that a little bit <laughs> as well. Most of them are in California. And just as a brand, they've been outstanding. They've been really open about expectations from what they want to see from products. Uh, they've gotten us in very quickly, too. They set everything up with KE for us on that end, too. So Overall, they've been an excellent partner.
0: That's cool. What has it been like in terms of your strategy of making sure the product moves off the shelf, whether you guys started doing or testing out?
1: So we've got digital ads going out the wazoo because, you know, that reaches a lot of people. Lisa and I just booked some trips because we're going to be making a few rounds out to most of the stores are in California. So we're going to be making a few trips out to California, some to Colorado, some to Utah, too, just doing demos as much as we can. And lucky for us, we do have some customers that are already in those areas too. So they, we already knew about our product too. So I did find out just yesterday that one of the stores has already sold out and they've only landed in there for less than a week. So that was That's amazing. A big surprise to hear that all those units are gone already too, but it's cool to see that. And like I said, I think it speaks volumes to the fact that like our customers have been out there. We've been shipping to them for quite some time direct to consumers. So they've been ready for this launch, maybe longer than we've been ready
0: for it. Oh, that's exciting. I know, especially with the refrigerator product, a lot of people like shopping in person. I'm kind of curious about your e commerce experience. What has that been like doing e commerce for a product like yours?
1: Yeah. So e commerce has been great for us. We use that as just a, it's where we can be really creative with our product line. We have some different flavors that we don't know if they would necessarily do very well from a retail standpoint, but we like to put them on our website and see if they sell well. And the theory behind that is if they sell well, then maybe they could go into retail because we just want to see what works. And we've got some exciting flavors we're developing, like blueberry chai. I'm really excited for blueberry chai. <laughs> I love blueberry flavor in general. We do currently have a few other flavors that, like I said, are really little unique, like banana and cherry on the website right now. And truth be told, we have about 30 to 40 flavors that we have worked on, but we're hiding because that's just way too many for the public for marshmallow creep. So over time, we'll with the season, introduce those and see what happens. But that works for us, for direct-to-consumer, and it's been nice. We ship everything directly from our kitchen to people's homes. What's
0: been your favorite flavor that you've developed?
1: I. It's funny enough, like love vanilla, and that is <laughs> across the board for anything. And I tell everyone the same thing. If we can't do vanilla right, we can't do anything right. And it just starts with that flavor. And I'm just a vanilla person. I, I would eat vanilla everything if I could, and it goes with so many things. So I'm just really proud of that flavor first, and then it's like kind of the... It's the focal point for everything else. So that's why it's always been my
0: number one. That's funny. My I really love vanilla flavor things. And my wife always thinks I'm so boring for like choosing vanilla. At least it's the same thing. there's like so everything. <laughs> but vanilla, like it's the, the complexity and the subtleties of a good, rich vanilla bean flavor. Yes. that come through.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm <laughs> not <Yeah>. buying it. <laughs> that's exactly what my wife tells me all the time too. She will get the most complicated thing on the menu if she could, wherever we go. And I am plain Jane. but I'm fine with that because I believe like you just said too, it's the complexity of the developing. It's just, it's a different type of language.
0: <laughs> How, have you seen any changes of your like e-commerce sales in the last couple of months? I know other brands I've talked to have seen challenges just in terms of either like lower traffic to the site or on the flip side an increase in like box shipping costs and packaging costs and things like that. Have you experienced those?
1: We have, yeah. So we've we increased, I would say, shipping cost. That's been the only thing as far as traffic goes. It's an interesting time for us because we realize that we're still very new and still very, I would say, green in this whole thing. So our trend is still ticking up right now as far as traffic goes and people buying our product right now, especially during the holidays, because this is when people probably want to get marshmallow creams. But as far as the change goes for us, that we've definitely noticed from like last year to this year, it has been shipping um, that has just steadily gone up. Unfortunately, it, hopefully it. Subsides in a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's funny enough. I just got an email today through through ShipStation, who I used to do shipping with, and there's a new UPS Ground Saver program that is supposed to have like reduced rates. That I'm looking into, so hopefully that's their way of reducing some of the shipping prices. Because I've also seen that go up.
1: Love to hear that. <laughs> Love to hear any type of reduction on shipping.
0: I know. I think it'll be big. Well, Zach, this has been awesome. I appreciate you joining for this conversation. I'm going to go on and order some of your marshmallow cream because I definitely need to try some and share it with the world. So excited for your journey and be sure to check in with you and Alyssa in the near future to see how things are going.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan.